0: Welcome to another edition of the Blake Street Irregulars Podcast. No, I am not Sean Drotar. Sean is on vacation this week. Very much deserve it. He's got his toes in the water, ass in the sand, as Zach Brown would say. He's enjoying life in Mexico. So Nate Letty filling in for you. Uh, and we get a chance to bring you the Blake Street Irregulars podcast, courtesy of our friends at Tap 14. That's the rooftop at Haters and Co. Downtown, 1920 Blake Street is the address. But of course you know where it is. Uh, if you're going down to a game, doesn't matter if you're looking for a spot for before the game, a spot. Spot after the game, or maybe you're just looking for a happy hour spot. Maybe the Rockies are even on the road and you're just looking for a happy hour spot. I'm telling you, you need to, if you've not done it yet, check out Tap 14 on the rooftop at Haters & Co. It is an amazingly fun rooftop. And here's the thing. They believe in Colorado. They believe in having 70 Colorado craft beers. They've got 100 different Colorado uh, uh, spirits available to you as well. So not only are you enjoying the great rooftop in the sunshine, uh, you can play cornhole while you're up there and all that, but you're going to be doing it while enjoying some of our great uh beverages that the uh, state of Colorado produces that's what tap 14 is all about so check them out you can find them online at tap14 spell out the word 14 uh, at tap14.com they are the proud sponsor of the Blake Street Regulars podcast and uh Sean and I really appreciate them being a part of everything how you doing, Ronnie? I'm doing well, Nate. How are you? You get a chance to st- step in with us and talk a little, uh, Rocky. I know I this is the that. big time. This is well, I don't know about big time, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, we're 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 like one step above recording this on um, like uh, just one of those little portable things we had as a kid.
1: Oh, there you go, like a little Fisher Price little recorder yeah, thing. You know, oh, the right.
0: little like the little plastic microphone dude. You know, yeah. it was like a sea insect. Well, we all had one of those as a kid. Absolutely. Hey, I don't care where we're recording it. Let's talk about sweeping the uh, Giants going yeah. into the weekend. Um, my goal was what it always is which is just win the series at sure. home um, if you can <clears throat> excuse me if you can take two out of three you're doing something right uh instead they sweep them i think what first time since 02? Mm-hmm. yeah that they run swept them at home
1: Tw- 26 to 8 in run differential yeah i mean just they a, really spanked them
0: just amazing let's talk about a, 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 some key things that came out of that series aside from just the sweep um first of all uh when you look at the run scoring look at what's happening with this team um, can you pinpoint it Ronnie on any one thing or is it just like hey this is a team that has offense and we saw this weekend it came through
1: well Bud Black postgame has always talked about the combination of timely hitting great pitching and their bullpen has just been phenomenal this is a team that is and 7-0 now in one run games and their bullpen was it's crazy that we're talking about this yeah it is because their bullpen was a major weakness last year And now it's a major strength. Adam Vino, Greg Holland, nine for nine. Their uh, one-run games that they're nailing down uh, are so crucial to them right now because the offense will come at Mm -hmm. some point. And and they are getting offense from players that they really didn't expect it from. Mark Reynolds has been hitting uh, uh, very, very well this year so far. And so uh, guys like uh, Cargo... Troy, uh, uh, Trevor, Trevor story, story, have been struggling a little bit lately. They will come around eventually. This is going to be a dangerous team.
0: So make this comparison for me because you know I've talked with uh, about this with a few people when it comes to the Rockies, and, and this to me is the the frustrating thing I look at. Yes, the wins are there, and I'm happy that this team is sitting at 13-6 and six as they get ready to, to face the Nationals. We'll talk about that in a minute. But when I look at this team, here's my frustrating part. Cargo is hitting below 200 mm-hmm. right now. I don't worry about cargo. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I don't unless somebody comes back and says, "Hey, it actually turns out he's got a problem with his wrist." Like unless somebody were to tell me the reason he's struggling is injury, mm-hmm. which is not which is not the case, uh, then I don't have I don't have an issue right now, right? Trevor's story is different. Trevor's story when I see him hitting below 200. Yes, I think ultimately it's he's going to come around. But he makes me nervous. When I see him um going one for four, for example, in yesterday afternoon's game, he goes one for four, but he only faced like nine pitches, mm-hmm. or whatever it was. It's he's not having what we used to always love about about um, Todd Helton. He's not having what we loved with Helton, which are those quality at bats where you know what you might get me out, but I'm going to make you throw 10 11 pitches oh, to do it. Yeah, and he's not like Cargo's still doing that. Cargo's still having some quality at bats but Trevor is not. Trevor's having way too many at-bats where he's only seeing 2 3 pitches and that's it. Um, and he's either striking out or he's, you know, flying out or whatever. There's a, yes, I know that uh, you know a grand slam is a great thing, but he's it is the definition of feast or famine with him right now.
1: It really is. Uh second in the league in strikeouts right now. A lot of swings and with his mm-hmm. it's really gotten to the point now where and I think Trevor has seen this. We've been talking to him post-game about it. Is trying to uh, get back to the basics and the mm-hmm. fundamentals and really trying to hone back in on uh, making the pitcher throw a lot of pitches that's what Helton was so good yeah, at is Todd that, was the best uh, he was the best at a pitch just on the outside that is kind of questionable just kind of poking it out as a foul ball continuing the at bat waiting for that pitch that he wants to see. He's and,
0: he was it was like he was waiting for the pitcher to make a mistake. Absolutely. Or for the pitcher to align what he was going to throw with what Todd was expecting.
1: Absolutely. And and this is the and that kind of reputation that you start to gain is really something that it, it's on the pitcher's mind. Right. And I think that's what Trevor needs to kind of get back to is getting back to fundamentals because he is very much a, a swing for the fences type at bat every single time down and that's not what the Rockies need right now from no. him. They need more consistency, and the strikeouts are killing them.
0: And here's the thing. You brought it up a minute ago. If Parra and Reynolds were not doing what they're doing right now from a hitting perspective, the, the Rockies, I don't want to say they'd be in trouble, but this would be a completely different story that we're mm-hmm. talking about. It, it, Trevor's woes would be so much more magnified. Like The fact that he's been moved down in the order to 7th Yes, that has a lot to do with how he's hitting. It also is because, look, when you see what Para and Reynolds are doing, I mean, shoot, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to be able to sit back mm-hmm. and be Bud Black and go, "I tell you what, we got to move these guys up in the in the order because they're hitting really well. They've been able to mask some of the problems with Trevor, and you just have to sit back and hope that eventually Trevor's bat um, and his ability catches up." But you're right; he's got a wicked uppercut, as our buddy Matt Smith likes to say, mm-hmm. um, and it is a feast or famine. It's either. Uh, You know, to use the boxing analogy, he's either going to knock you out with one punch or he's going to leave himself susceptible to being knocked out.
1: Absolutely. And, and, you know, the the thing is, is the Rockies do have a good problem with this situation right now with the fact that they are getting good production from unexpected places. Uh, I, I this is a topic now that's going to be coming up here in a couple of weeks is when Ian Desmond comes back from injuries where does he even go now there was a little bit of a discussion uh about possibly maybe at shortstop because story has been struggling mm-hmm. I think story is starting to get a little bit a little, a little bit more locked in bud black uh, talked about it over the weekend about how uh it is going to be an outfield situation likely possibly to take par's place when he comes back mm-hmm. um but now you have Mark Reynolds who's been uh, hitting so very well uh so it's it's this uh, it's this great problem to have. It yes. is a problem in some places where guys are a little bit more inconsistent, but it is a good one to have.
0: Well, and it's also look you want you 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 want some depth because injuries happen. Mm-hmm. They might be a ten day DL. Yeah. They might be a thirty day DL. Oh, you never, never seen know. It already absolutely. Um, so having that kind of depth is, is coming in handy. But the good thing is that Parra and Reynolds have made the most of the situation, especially with the bat. And have managed to mask the problem with story, to hide some of what's gone on with cargo, and to still get the offensive production and still get them wins. And so that's been a big deal. Let's talk about Kyle Freeland for a second. Two oh. and one now on the year. Seven scoreless innings yesterday. Um, you know, I, 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 I joked on the on the show this morning on, on Mile High Sports that... Um, <laughs> maybe the trick to finding somebody that that can pitch at coors is that you just need to find somebody that grew up down the street because they're already used to the altitude you you've been there you've talked to him post game and 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 things like that what's impressed you the most with freeland uh,
1: freeland it's like he's been there before it's amazing I mean and and this may be the case of growing up locally through Thomas Jefferson Evansville now in Colorado uh he's been working with the pitching coaches knowing that he has to get better with each and every start in between starts previously they talked a lot about keeping the ball down and that was a big focus 12 12 ground ground balls Mm -hmm. he's fourth in the league right now in ground balls drown and outs and uh, he really has improved a lot, and and this kind of goes back again to getting production where maybe you didn't expect. We didn't expect Antonio Sensatella to be this good. We didn't expect Kyle Freeland to hit the ground running and be this good. I mean the Rockies now, and this is huge for them because of the fact that John Gray has been out with the toe injury. The yeah. the guy who was supposed to be their workhorse and their ace. They are getting good innings from him. Now, obviously, there's still a lot to work on. Uh, There's uh, still a lot of uh, uh, different situations that Freeland hasn't been put in, and he's going to struggle in those situations moving forward. But the fact that he's tackled the situations that he's been in right now, including some of the situations against the Dodgers, which I talked to him in extent in great length, is facing different pitchers, whether it be a lefty or righty, dangerous ones. He spoke mm-hmm. highly of Yasiel Pui uh, and and trying to get him out. And he's been able to really kind of ace every test that he's seen so far. It's very positive for Colorado.
0: So we've got that three-game set now in the rearview mirror. So now let's look ahead. There's four games coming here with the Nationals. Mm-hmm. It starts tonight. As of when we're recording this podcast, they start the four-game set tonight. Um two things working in their favor, one not working in their favor. Let's start with what is working in their favor and that is that Steven Strasburg is on paternity leave now for yeah. the Nationals. He's waiting the second the birth of his second child. So he's going to miss his start which would have been the Tuesday nighter, would have been the game the second game of the series against Washington. Then you also have the fact that Scherzer pitched yesterday, which means you're going to miss him in the rotation as well. So, um, you know, sometimes the scheduling gods are a pain in the butt, and sometimes they actually do you a favor. In this case, it's working out as a favor for the Rockies because it's not to say that you know the Nationals do not still have a good rotation, but when you talk about two dangerous guys in Scherzer and Strasburg, the Rockies are going to miss both of them mm-hmm. when it comes to this four-game set. How lucky is that? They
1: did dodge a bullet. Now, I will spin it this way. I almost kind of look at it as a negative. I want to see the Rockies get tested by quality pitching, and they have been so far. They beat Bumgarner. they beat Johnny Cueto, they, they beat, beat Kershaw. Kershaw yep. uh, and I, I want to see this team be consistent over a long period of time because we always we always talk about how the Rockies get off to a hot start in April, hot mm-hmm. start in May. Uh, they started twelve and three in two thousand eleven. They finished seventy three and eighty nine. This is a marathon. Baseball is a marathon; it's not a sprint. But for them to constantly be tested by good pitching long term, really kind of shows that they can be consistent. And this isn't a fluky start. Uh, The bullpen has been nails to hold leads, and the offense is getting timely enough hitting. But that being said, a win's a win, and to be able to dodge Scherzer and Strasburg, it, they did get a little lucky there.
0: Well, and and so now let's go to the thing thats that they're going to have to deal with, which is that now you are to the point in the rotation um, based on, you know, they had the off days last week and things like that. You're now hitting that point where it is time to be coming to grips with, okay, what are we doing with John Gray out? What is that going to look like in our rotation? How does that look over the course of – uh, of these four games against Bryce Harper and the Nationals, which is going to be a challenge. You know that it is. Um, but, you know, not even great teams. Good teams, you have to find a way through it. You have to say, because you're going to have injuries. And guess what, Rockies fans? This, is, <laughs> this isn't this is the only John Gray's DL stint. Look, play the odds. Chances are a starter is going to wind up on the DL at some point later this summer as well. Oh, absolutely. You have to figure these things out. And if you can figure them out in April... You know, it, it it's sort of like I know. Uh, you know, Drew Goodman mentioned it on the television broadcast last week uh, with the Dodgers. Uh, a little two game set against the Dodgers, saying, you know, hey, if we're going to have all these injuries, let's get them out of the way in April. Absolutely, um, especially when you're still 13 and six.
1: Well, and no knowing that now you've been tested through that adversity. Right. Is that when you uh, come through July, if you've been totally healthy throughout the season? Look, every team goes through injuries, and the fact that they now know what works where they can put that round hole in that round peg whenever it occurs throughout the season. And they've been tested as opposed to coming to July, completely healthy and then dealing with one, two key injuries and then completely hitting a wall and falling apart.
0: I've always been fascinated Ronnie by um, the, the catcher position in baseball. Yeah. Um, I always have, Um, you know, whether it was from, you know, enjoying watching Gary Carter play or, or whatever. But um, the other thing about having that rotation or at least playing with the rotation a little bit is to me, you're also finding out who, who pairs up really well and who can help that particular pitcher. Cause there are some young arms obviously mm-hmm. on this team who from a, from a catching standpoint knows how to kind of settle them down, knows, knows what to do in different situations. And then who can also wind up helping out when it's time to step up to the plate. Um, not just a defensive catcher, but who what can you do from an offensive standpoint? Um, you're you know we're we're not even twenty games in yet your thought on that position so far for the Rockies?
1: Yeah, well, it's actually been quite, it hasn't been talked about a lot between Walters and Garneau. And, um, you know, there's certainly some growing pains to go through, especially Garneau a little bit more on offense, base Mm -hmm. running as well, was picked off at second. He was very hard on himself post-game. But I think that's what you have to go through. You have to go through those growing pains to learn. And I think that's something that, we should consider for this entire Rockies team is the fact that we talk about how great Sensatella, how great Freeman has been timely hitting. Look, these guys are going to come down to earth at some point. They're not going to produce this fantastic run all throughout the year. We talked about baseball being a marathon. It's not a sprint. But the more positives than negative really can equate to a great season. Uh, Walters has been good with timely hitting. And these guys Mm -hmm. seem to have a good chemistry. Uh, A lot of times I'll see Walters go over to the starting pitchers where the locker is uh, all the way across the the clubhouse. And they're just chatting it up about life or about uh, what they're going to do tonight, having dinner or anything like that. And that chemistry can really be seen during the game when you get into kind of that heated situation or that that tough that tough out that they need, and Walters can can stare at the starting pitcher and they know what they're thinking each other just by looking at each
0: other. What's a win for you in this four game series? Is it to split? Is it three1? what's what do you what do you want to see? it's a win the series.
1: Okay. Uh, you know this is it is time for Colorado to put the big boy pants on and say that a split is not enough. It's time to win these especially, series. At home. especially being at home, dodging Strasburg and Scherzer. Uh, this is an offense that can run with anybody in the league. And now all of a sudden we have a pitching staff, uh, uh, the bullpen especially, that can lock down games. This is a series they should win.
0: Yeah, you got to be able to take three of these. Ronnie, thanks, man, for stopping by. Absolutely. Always Loved. appreciate it. Uh, get a chance to uh, get uh, another edition of the podcast coming up later this week. Sean will be back with us next week, but uh, we will talk Uh, later on this week, uh, either Thursday or Friday, we'll throw another one together. want to thank our friends at TAP14. They are the sponsors of the Blake Street Irregular podcast uh, that comes your way throughout the uh, Rockies season, uh, bringing you all the latest uh, from 20th and Blake uh, and taking a look back at that San Francisco series, now looking ahead to Washington. Remember, if you're headed to any of these games against the Nats, uh, make sure that TAP14 is your plan either before or after the game. Uh, that you get a chance to uh, grab some great food, by the way. I know we talked about their Colorado beers and the uh, and the Colorado Spirits. Their menu is fantastic. Um, really highly recommend you grab a bite to eat while you're there as well. Uh, again, before or after the game, they are the spot to be. It's where you will find Sean and I and Ronnie and all that. Well, you, We're down there very frequently. Uh, So we hope you will be as well. Tap14.com is the website. Remember, spell out 14. Uh, Tap14.com is their site right there on the rooftop of Haters & Co. at 1920 Blake Street. But uh, for now, we will sign off. We'll be back with you next week. Be sure to check out the archives of all of the Blake Street Irregulars podcasts. But for now, in for Sean Drotar. My name is Nate Lundy. We'll talk to you soon.